right, welcome back to the Whitetail Experience Podcast. Coming at you on a Monday or Tuesday. Not sure which day I'm going to release this, but hope you guys are doing well. Hope you survive Snowmageddon. Uh, those Ohio listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. But I uh, got a good episode uh, with a buddy of mine who does things at a, a high level. Um, kills some really big deer, but uh, does a lot of shed hunting. And I think that's a very timely topic. Um, did want to run through a few things. We do have uh, a, a YouTube video coming with Shannon because he hunts both hill country and farm country. That should be a pretty good add um, to what we got going on. Also, Dave is still waiting in a callback from Ranger Dan. Uh, if you listen to last week's episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, uh, yeah, not a lot of uh, follow-up after, after discussing that, but uh, yeah. And then some interesting additional information came in from a listener providing probably the same poacher was in the area in December, uh, judging by what we found, or they found. But that's not here nor there. Uh, if you're going to pick up some custom gear, enter code WEXP at checkout. We would greatly appreciate it. Other than that, I think Patreon-wise, we've, we've done a couple podcasts. Going to continue the video scouting journal uh, videos on that, that outlet. Um, the Patreon guys greatly appreciate it. If you're interested in joining, I will leave a link in the show notes. All right, let's get to today's episode. Okay, we are live. Shannon, this is... This might be the first in-person guestish podcast I've ever done. I think so. Well, at least on the White Tail Experience channel. So, right on. So the fact right. that you live close, <laughs> you might be a repeated uh, guest. Ten minutes, five minutes away is a dude. Fun. I could, yeah, yeah, I could run here uh, pretty quick. I, I think. thought about taking the. Quad. There's no run for Shannon. I thought about <laughs> taking the quad down one day. But. Yeah, I wanted to have you on the podcast for a while because. One, you, you live in the area, you're a local guy, you do things at a high level, and you and I actually kind of became friends and texting buddies because of deer hunting yep. and social media. And, you know, it started out with you'd be like, I see you're out scouting today, like, what'd you see? And then I'd be doing something dumb, and you'd be like, yeah, I thought I'd be the only person out today, like, you know, in the middle of summer or winter. You you put a lot of time into the craft um, and, and do it in multiple habitats. We just got uh, done recording a, a piece for YouTube that's really literally bouncing back and forth between farm country and, and big woods, hill, hill country stuff. But today, I think we're going to focus on shed hunting. I think that's timely. You do a lot of it. You're passionate about it. You just got done saying how much you want to get in the woods. But uh, you and your boy found a pretty good shed the other day. Oh, yeah. We found one that's... Uh, he found it. We were... We we uh, we supplement feed throughout the year to keep him through the winter. And uh, we were headed out on the quad. And on the way out, we both kind of looked down at the same time and... He hopped off the quad before I could almost get my phone out, and he was already picking it up. He was excited. Man, show that to the camera. Look at that thing. He already he already put his little name on it and everything. He wanted to claim it for sure. Well, there's a story behind why he did that. Yeah, so I proposed to his mom uh, with an engraved uh, shed, and it was in the same food plot, and it was no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was in the, it was in the same food plot, and that actually. When I did that, we were walking down, and I was bringing her around a certain way from where the shed was planted. Okay. And from my buddy, which you know, just Joey, he uh, he was doing the video and, and pictures for me. There was a shed down by this apple tree, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no!" Is he, he put set it up wrong. He put it in the wrong spot, and then Archer goes and grabs it, and I was like, "It wasn't the right shed." So, but ten yards from that shed, this shed was there. 
Oh man! And I was like, "That's cra-. it's not the same deer, but uh-huh. it's uh, it was still crazy." But yeah, he he uh, he remembered the main beam having uh, "Will You Marry Me" on it, and so he wanted to write on it. So he got my sh- sharpie before I could even realize anything and wrote his name on it. Yeah. I think it's great. I think that's 10 out of 10, man, that he wrote his name on it. Just like, you know, he, he, he just, rem- that's a memory to him. Oh, yeah. So so I think that's awesome. But, uh, you know, big uh, as far as uh, a quick intro for yourself, um, before I do want to talk about your, your buck this year, and then we might jump back a, a little more into the shed talk, definitely. But uh, give a quick intro, where you're from. Oh, how long you been doing this stuff? The fact that you've killed a couple bears, antelope, uh, a few things here. Uh, I eat, sleep, and breathe bow hunting. That's about it. Um, from Ohio, um, uh, went to carpentry school, and then played a lot of sports and stuff growing up. And finally, I mean, I always hunted my entire life, but started putting the sports on the back burner, and then that's when I started like. When did you start doing some of the adventure hunts? Because you've killed a couple antelope. You've you've uh, have you killed an elk, or you've just gone elk hunting? I have not killed an elk. That's been my my nemesis animal as of right now. And you got two fully mounted bears in the next room. I, I've I've got eight bears. Holy! Yeah, I've got eight bears. Um, I started doing that. I, it took me forever to even find anybody that would actually go with me. Mm-hmm. And then I, an older buddy started going with me, and my first hunt was actually a, a bear hunt in Maine. Mm-hmm. And I actually killed. How old were you? I was 26. Okay. Yeah, 26 when I did the first one. I'd been trying to go for years. And then after that bear hunt, we did that bear hunt again in Maine. We went twice. And I started actually trading that guy hunts, whitetail hunts, for Oh, hunts. Yeah. okay. That's that's really cool, man. It didn't work out in my favor. Oh, well. It worked out in his favor. He killed a 183-inch... 24 inch wide whitetail okay so when did your when did you kind of kick it up in the whitetail world as far as like i don't know discovering some of these higher level tactics discovering how much uh we just got done talking about some of the commitment to the the craft when did that happen for you uh probably about seven years ago um seven years ago was when i went more full-fledged into it um Gave up, gave up the sports and stuff like that. But prior to that, I ate a lot of tags because I was always one to to better myself. Like, and that's not taking away from anybody that that doesn't or anything else. But I, I had killed a a pretty good deer, and I just always wanted to get bigger. And I always okay. either want to get and the the big thing kind of like faded fast for me and went to the more mature thing. Okay. Once I started watching these deer more, I just wanted to get killed. Now, I I have talked about this. Um, I think I messed up because I should have shot a couple of those 100 and 115 inch bucks um, when I was 21, 22, 23, 24 years old because I had never killed a a couple bucks with my bow and and anything of size. But I I had just grown up watching the Outdoor Channel and 140 was kind of what I wanted to shoot and I had no business shooting 140s. I, I was kind of blessed because uh, my grandfather hauled grain for a lot of farmers, oh. and my family was pretty well known around uh, the area that I'm from, and I could hunt as far as I could walk. Oh, nice. So I did stair step. I started out with you know a little forkhorn, and I shot him in the hills, and then I went, and, and I, I mean, I literally progressed, and then once I hit the 150 mark, 
was when I started eating tags. Okay. You know. Okay. So I, I did progress. I will. I did do that. Okay. I, I kind of want to jump a little bit because you sent me a pretty cool video f uh, file this year of your buck that you shot. Yep. And you you texted me and said you'd be proud. I shot him. I don't know six foot off the ground in this like cluster of trees, total low setup. Yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. I uh, I you know I watch your guys' uh, thing and listen to your podcast and listen to a lot of other podcasts and all of these guys talking about like hunting low. And I had a situation happen on this piece of private land that I had. It, it just w was a bad scenario, so I had to basically move my setup, and there was no way for me to get any higher. And I was just like, "Well, you know, they, you know, these guys are all talking <laughs> about hunting low." I said, "Let's hunt low," <laughs> and I was three feet off the ground, and. I was in the thickest, nastiest tree. I mean, I couldn't barely move. I just made sure I could get my bow back. And uh, I shot him three feet off the ground and at seven yards. Can't beat it. And it was it was a rush. The foot the footage, we, we should overlay some of this footage in, in, in either the, the YouTube or this, but it was so cool. To be honest with you, like I, I originally passed him. He walked by you, didn't he? Yeah, he, he walked over. I mean, I could have shot him there, and I, I decided to pass him. And he snort wheezed in my face. And I was just like, oh. And then when he walked past me, I, I looked at his fours, and I'm like, Psh, that deer is hitting one sixties. And I'm like, Oof. I was like, I'm not ready to pass under sixty up yet. I was like, if he turns around and gives me another shot, I was like, I'm gonna shoot him. Oh man, that is so cool. And, and so he came back through. Another little buck was uh, messing around in this thicket, and he heard it and turned around and came back and stuck his head up. And I was like, if I get drawn back on you, you're in trouble. Oh. And. Uh, so he came, and I mean, he's, I drew back on him, like I said, seven yards, and he didn't have a clue I was even there. Yeah. I do think that thought, uh, uh, anytime I hunt low, it's like, if I can get to draw, like if I can get to full draw, yeah. like after that, you're like, ooh, I really like my chances just being low. Maybe it's a close encounter, but like getting to full draw is always kind of a concern because you are moving, you're you're not 20 foot up out of their peripheral. Yeah, you got to think of whitetail's peripherals is better than ours anyway. You, sure. know, you think you can notice something out of the corner of their eye. They're probably full-blown seeing you out of the, the corner of the, to their, you know, Right. Broad they they got to survive. They, yeah. They're getting ambushed, you know. Yeah. On the versus we, we, we walk around normal. Yeah. You know, we're not looking over our shoulder hardly at all. But Well, cool, man. Uh, let's let's jump to sheds because this that is timely. It is here. I think, you know, you're a guy who, who finds shed. I literally texted you. I said, how many farm country and, and hill country sheds you had? And, um, and what was your totals from last year? 67. Okay. And how much are those in hill country? Um, 18 or 19 in hill country. Okay. And then the rest of them are all back. Okay. So so a solid percentage. And you're a guy who's, who's done stuff in both places. And I, I think that's pretty cool. I, how many miles do you think you walk? I think last year I put in uh, 101 miles. Jeez. Now, let me ask. To, to walk that many miles, I know some of your places are a little farther. Some places are closer. How do you attack, attack doing that? Do you start in late December kind of looking for early drops? Do you mm. use some trail cams to really tell you when you need to start walking? Definitely trail cameras. I don't hit the woods and push because of obviously the majority of them are going to be in ag fields so they're like small wood lots and everything like that so mm -hmm. if i bump those out 
those deer could run for a mile and a half, two miles, get to another woodlot that I'm not allowed in. Okay. So if I bump them before that set of sheds that I want to find, that's just not smart. Yeah. And it, it makes it hard because over the years I've become friends with guys and their guides as kids and stuff like that. And I've had farms where, you know, I'd be like, you know, we, I, I shed hunt with a lot of buddies too. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, can we go? And then the next thing you know, they go and they find one. And then the next year they're out three weeks earlier than they should. And I'm just like, man, I was like, I know they just push that to the next farm. Do you have a magic date if, if somebody that is listening to the podcast maybe doesn't run a lot of uh, cams or somebody like myself where um, I don't have any cell cams and all my stuff's farther away? Uh, first week of March, you can't really get it wrong. Okay. So you like, are a wait till March, even though, uh, you, you know, you've texted me a picture of a deer that's dropped here this week and this uh, snow front that just came through. This year's going to be a little bit different because I feel like th- this pressure that, uh, this, you know, pressure system and everything else that this came with the snow and the ice, they hate ice. You know what I mean? They got to yeah. dig up stuff and it stresses them out. Like ice is the worst thing for a whitetail. Okay. And when that ice hits, the stress level on that whitetail is crazy. Okay. Like, they can't get to their food as easy. Well, and, and listeners, we just had a 24-hour ice snowstorm. Um, depending where you were in the state, you got different levels of ice and different levels of snow. But um, there's no warm-up, really, for like another two to three days. Like, Wednesday, I think, is the first day. It's like 33 and sunny, and, yep. and so we'll get some thaw then. But, like... The ice that's impacted all the woods, they, they can't probably get to that browse as easily. Oh, and the timber, I imagine it's real hard for for down there, but like in the ag fields where I'm at, they will literally just sit there and paw at cornfields trying to get, you know, corn cobs up and everything else. Um, I do a lot of feeding this time of year just to help them through it. Okay. So... So, uh, let, let, let me ask about this. So, you, you, you're supplemental feeding, but I imagine that allows you to check your cards. Yep. Um... And that way you're monitoring so you're not walking when you shouldn't be. Is, is that kind of... The way I do that is my stuff is on the edge of like a sanctuary, mm-hmm. per se. Okay. And, and it's usually on also the edge of a food plot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I either, you know, I have a food plot there and then I have you know, supplemental feed just in case they can't dig to it to get to it and everything mm-hmm. else. So, and then I don't have to go in their bedding. The only thing they're doing is they're hearing me come in and they're hearing me leave. Okay. And after that, you know, they're comfortable coming back into it and, you know, hanging around. But they got to dig so much. I literally waited until the ice and the rain stopped before I went out and supplemental feed, like, this time. Oh, this sure, because you wanted to be on the top. Yeah, because I knew, like, if, if that, that alfalfa or that corn or anything else would actually, you know, get wet, it'd just be just as frozen, just as hard for them. Okay. Okay, um, so you, 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 what about in your big timber habitats? Are you still supplemental feeding to kind of keep tabs on things? or that th- Those are usually just way too far for me. Okay. Like the food plots, we have cameras on the food plots, but yeah, I'm going to hit up here um, in my farm country far b- before I ever go down there. Okay, so uh, you're, you're allocating, this is good because one of my bullet points was how do you prioritize your, your shed attack? And it sounds like you can keep tabs on maybe some of your closer stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, just trying to paint the picture for a listener. Maybe he's got a couple properties or a property A that's a little closer. He can monitor it a little easier. He can maybe employ some of this. So you're keeping tabs on what you can without killing yourself. 
Yep. But otherwise, it's almost, it seems like a March 1st uh, uh, due date for, for going other places or, or further drive spots. When I'm trying to kill, a, like a lot of years, I'm trying to kill a certain deer. Mm -hmm. uh, this past year wasn't one of them. Um, I mean, it could have been one of them, but I ended up killing a deer that I wasn't targeting, per se. Um, but if there'll be farms where I'll have like one big deer on that farm. Okay, so and there'll be a whole bunch of, you know, 110s, 120s. I don't care about those. The big one is the one that I want. So as soon as that I as soon as I know that he's dropped, I'm in there. Okay. Because I don't want squirrels to chew him up. I don't want anything else. I got a deer that I killed a couple years ago, Locust, and he January 29th he dropped. And he would drop within 3 days every year of that mark. Okay, so this came up at ATA and uh, uh I, this is a good good guy to ask here. Um, we were sitting there at the table, and one, uh, two guys, uh, Andre and, and Brad, both you know, phenomenal deer hunters. They were talking, they had heard and, and kind of seen some of the facts that the deer will drop every year roughly within a three-day period. Yeah. And then I was discussing, you know, I was like, well, who am I to say otherwise? But I would think it could be a little bit dependent of uh, uh, the nutrition that, that is available and how stressed he is. Is he getting chased by a bunch of coyotes in a certain week in, in February and decides to lose them? I thought it might be a little more of a, just depending on the year. Well, I mean, there's always different factors to it. Like if there, I had a deer that on a farm that I have, he showed up and I hadn't seen this deer all year. Yeah. And I'm like, where did, where'd you even go? Yeah. Like, and why are you show up now? You, know, you never showed up during the rut, but you showed up now. I'm like, all right, well, I guess you still know that there's food here. So, but he showed up and in one of the pictures I could see his right foot was swollen. And I was just like, oh, that's got to hurt, you know. Mm -hmm. And he shed within two days of me getting him on camera and me seeing that his, his foot was swollen and he shed. Now, see, I don't necessarily know that deer's shed pattern every yeah. year, but I, he shed because he was wounded, you know, and he was, yeah. there was a stress factor. The body, the body said, we got to. Yeah, there's a set around here that I, sh I shot the deer and I just, I shot him high and, you know, stressed him out and that deer to the date of 30 days later on the dot he shed both sides and i watched him and watched him and watched him and he lost a lot of weight and i'm like oh no he's gonna die and i'm like you know so i didn't know what to do but then he started putting weight back on mm -hmm. and i'm like okay and i could have killed him on the last day of the of the season and i was like you know what let's just do this again let's run it back because <laughs> he was he was putting on weight and he looked healthy and I never even seen him ever again, so I don't know if he it finally caught up to him. But yeah, he was a. But all that stress all has stuff to do with it. I have a farm right now where like ninety percent of them have dropped, and then I have another farm that probably about sixty percent of them dropped, and neither of them were pressured. Yeah. So. Okay. Any other uh, priority, uh, or is it all about the the couple deer that you're trying to to figure out for next season? It's usually all the, the deer that I'm trying to get mirror dress on for next year. Okay. And now that Archer's, he's getting more into it. He's got himself a little crossbow and stuff. So, you know, if I can get him on a good deer, then it's, you know, it's, okay. it's something. Okay. All right. Let me, uh, let me look here. Um, okay. Scouting versus shed hunting. When you're out there, are you doing any sort of scouting as far as look like, I, I, I go back and forth. When I'm walking around the woods, I sometimes will, will be solely on a scouting mission. Maybe I come up to a military crest, right? Then I go into shed mode. 
Are you flipping back and forth, or are you just strictly looking for antlers? I feel like in, in ag country, which is more my thing than hardwoods is, mm-hmm. like I do hunt like hardwoods a lot because I have several farms down there, but um, I'm more focused on up here. And believe it or not, a lot of these deer, like where they shed, that's their that's where they live. Where they get older, even in farm country, even if, yeah, where they get when they, where they get when they're older into the age of like five that I want to kill them at, or mm-hmm. five and older, mm-hmm. they're they're staying there. That's where they live. They're comfortable. The pressure's low. That's why they're there. They can easy even even on a small track that you don't see some bouncing around. Um, what, what do you like? I I, I would and and. I don't have the, the most experience with this, but I could see in farm country, if you had like a, a 20, a 40 acre timberish, uh, somewhere around 50% to 100%, that in a year that maybe there's corn surrounding it, you may not get that buck because he prefers to use that, that block of timber when it's a bean year. Uh, well, that goes back to what we said in the YouTube thing. Is like if the that will shift, but normally in the ag country that I have, it's just so vast of ag, like this farmer's corn. Uh, you see what I'm saying? And you got this piece of timber right here. Sure. Well, it could be corn, 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 backside beans. Okay. You see what I'm saying? It's close enough. It's close enough. You, you know, a property owner. I'm fortunate because I've I've grown up around where I where I hunt. That sure. If, and you don't. Hey, if if also if you ever want to push punt on some of these habitat or where you're hunting type questions, you can you can say, hey, we're we're not going to discuss that. I, I, no, okay. I, I I've been pretty whatever with it. <laughs> um, the uh, the the I'm fortunate because the neighbors will let me shed hunt a lot of stuff oh, because okay. they're all older guys. Yeah, and they not they're either that or they're farmers. Okay. And they're like, you know, I want to kill my deer, but I, there's no way in the world I'm going to sit there and go walking miles and miles and miles. Yeah. Because some guys will sit there and they'll be like, oh, yeah, they'll think it's a really good idea. And then they'll take, you know, two hours of a day and not find anything. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, I don't care, go ahead. And then I'll go walk a cornfield and grid search it and, you know, find five. And he'd be like, I walked, where, where did you find them at? You know what I mean? Like, okay. they don't want to do or put in the miles that I'm going to put in. Okay. So, do, you, do you walk more than you ride? What do you mean? Like, um, do you ever ride a vehicle or an e-bike or a quad? I definitely walk more. Uh, when it comes to big cornfields that I've, I've glassed them in throughout the year, and I know they've been in that cornfield, you know what I mean? Um, a little pre-scouting, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm watching these deer. Like, yeah, yeah. A lot of times, like I won't go in there because I want to bump him off his winter his winter bed. Mm-hmm. So if I go in there, he's gonna see me coming from a long way away in an ag field. So if I have a camera in there, there's no way to get a camera. There's no way to check a camera. Yeah. So I'm gonna go sit in my truck from two miles out, and I'm gonna watch him. And I can tell from that deer's body that he's big and bigger than everybody else's. And then when he don't have his rack anymore, I'm going in. Interesting. Yeah. See, okay, um, I think that might be an area where somebody like myself struggles. Um, I think I'm pretty dialed at different points of the season or going into season, like, you know, what's going on. And uh, as soon as I kill my buck, I kind of stop scouting. I'm, I'm just, full disclosure, I stopped scouting. And I was talking to Jake Bush a little bit, and I was like, maybe I need to leave some cameras up or... or I don't think personally I'm gonna go go back down and scout, but it seems like guys that are good at shed hunting they do some scouting for it. Yeah, I, like I said, I I do a lot of glassing, and now that you know Jess, she hunts, but she's not like she doesn't have it like I do. No. You know what I mean? Not many but people. She's do. also 
fortunate because I want her to kill a good deer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she, being around me, she's also, she'll see, she actually did her first solo hunt this year and she passed up six deer and the biggest one being like 120 inches. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can shoot whatever you want. I'm not like that. She goes, I'm not shooting a little deer. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but so she's fortunate, you know, for that. But so I'm, I'm glassing for her. I'm glassing for me and I'm glassing mm-hmm. to see when these things start dropping. Okay, let me ask this. Um, but 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 scout, are, are you doing any sort of scouting where you're walking these farms? Um, to me, it's all... looking to figure out. Okay, I had a, I had a buck. Maybe you don't find his sheds. Do you do you switch modes or are you? Uh, I'm walking and seeing what they're doing. Like it's always it, it, to me, it's always it's all scouting. It's all okay. it, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't feel like it. am I out there to find sheds? Absolutely, but I mean. When you're when you're shed hunting, it's not like you're looking up in the trees. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm never. And I, even when you're scouting, I mean, you might look up in the trees to see what kind of tree it is. But in yeah. the fall, you know, I'm not good enough with bark to be able to tell. You know, if I see acorns on the ground, it's acorn trees. Sure. You know acorn what I mean? Leaves, yeah. Yeah. So that it's it's all scouting to me. I got to look down for sheds and I got to look down for scouting. So you oh. know. Okay. Okay. Um, we had talked about this key habitat where you find a majority of your sheds in hill country and farm country i know we did this on the youtube but i think this is worth mentioning in the podcast um like i said it, but before i never knew the exact name for it until i started watching you guys and other podcasts um but the military crest i never knew what it was called it was just always that you know that first bench off the top and i was just like okay right here you know it's the vantage point for it. yeah yeah you know I, so i was like all right and but that's where i would always find a lot of my sheds either that or I, I i wear brush pants like i have some really good brush pants that i wear when i shed hunt and I we're gonna get to gear so, so yeah so save that for the gear section yeah. but that, that's that's good to bring up so yeah that's where i find them there yeah, and then it, the the ag country the drainages uh or that's not necessarily a drain out but there's like a, a buffer water, strip buffer strips waterways and stuff yeah. like that there's, a lot of grasses in those buffer strips yep and and we discussed a little bit. Got to be like potentially that nighttime bed where yeah. hey they're gonna sit down, chew their cud. But you got to think about it when you're in an ag field. That's gonna be a low spot. So you got to think if you're a deer and it's 32 degrees out and the wind's blowing, how cold is that? If you're just standing there, when you mm-hmm. can go walk over that little that little buffer strip and get out of the wind. Yeah. And you're just you just. But you don't want to bet up high where you can see at night. You know you're gonna have a million other deer around you anyway, so you're just gonna drop down to that low spot, and get out of the wind. Okay. Um, in a hill country, it's a little bit different though. I mean, that, that's what like in ag fields when, mm-hmm. when you're doing the the field thing. When you get in the timber, that's where they're going to their permanent bed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. even in even in ag fields and those little timber blocks, they'll get in the highest spot in that woods. They'll get in that little oh, crest. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They'll put a tree to their back and you know, Yeah. It, they, it, they do it that. mimics it is it's just a lot uh smaller scale. Exactly, yeah. They they do the same thing. My my I have several buddies that I shed hunt with and they just be like, How do you I'm like, dude, just look. You know, just look in there and you'll see it. Just that little rise. They want every little bit of an advantage they can get. That's that's good. Um, that 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 yeah. I would I would say I have found um, a couple of sheds. Definitely definitely hill country, but but I'm thinking farm country where it may be a thicket. Uh, I don't find uh, a lot of stuff in in buffer strips. I think 
Um, those, those are, you know, those deer just don't, don't hang out there as much, or if that shed drops there, it's not there very long, but those, those mini thickets or good habitat tucked in that little rise, you definitely got to go look at those. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, very true in a clear cut. I have found one, I don't find a lot of sheds in the clear cut. I've only found one. What about you? In clear cuts? Yeah, in clear cuts. Like only one shed you've only found? I've only found one shed in eight, like heart of a clear oh, cut like on a I, little rise, like you just described. Um, I, I wanted to ask you that. It, uh, I can't tell you the number because I forget how many. Uh, probably in the last, I, I don't, I definitely found them there. I just don't know the number. Okay. But it's not like a significant amount where I remember it. It's know? not significant. Okay. Yeah. I'm talking about that. like a clear cut not, in big timber, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, that's not enough for me okay. to remember it. Interesting. Interesting. I think I might be wasting some time then. <laughs> a lot of it's so thick, though. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, sure. You could step over it or yeah. buy it or whatever. Because um, I, I, I see it. I've kicked enough deer in and around the clear cuts or whatever where uh, maybe they're on the low side or uh, um, maybe the side hill uh, of the clear cut. I'm like, surely, I, you know, I, I, I kind of gravitate towards clear cuts when I'm shed hunting. I'm but gonna... if you if, if you think about like a clear cut in big timber, yeah, they want to get out of the weather, and a clear cut necessarily isn't getting out of the weather. But it's almost a destination food source at some points. I would think correct. But you wouldn't you want you still want some kind of weather break there, you know, like a thermal you know sure. like a thermal break. Sure, I feel like if it's just like. I'm gonna, we'll, we'll go back to maybe Ag I've been an idiot for three or four years. Well, we'll stopping uh, some just out. just here's a here's a thing like. My family's land, we were in CRP for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So I hunted some solid CRP stuff. We're not in it anymore. They just mm -hmm. got it taken out. It broke my heart. But CRP, I mean, if you'd have a rough winter, it's garbage. Mm -hmm. You Because know, it lays it over. It lays it, it over. With, you with won't have deer anymore. Okay. You know? Like, so, you know, think about that when you're, they can still feed in CRP too. There's still grass. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now they're coming out of it to mainly feed in the ag fields, but... You know, think about that as a clear cut. You know, there's obviously food, but there's not as much in like a rougher winter. Okay. You know. you, you had touched on this earlier. How much does finding a deer sheds help you for the following year or the following pursuit? When it when it's in ag when it's in farm country and the ag, it helps me a lot because if it's a big shed and it's the deer that I'm chasing. Yeah. It's in his home. It's in his core area anyway. Okay. They just don't move a lot. Like I killed a deer a couple of years ago, and he would summer about a half a mile away. Yeah. And I'm just like, when you think about it, a half mile ain't that far. You see no. deer during the rut that go five miles. It's it's funny you say that. Dave and I one time were sitting in hill country. We watched a deer probably travel 400 meters. Did it in 42 seconds or something ridiculous. Yeah. We're just like, think about that for a little bit. Four-legged animal, big hills. We watched that deer go Florida, literally was probably up top, came down, side-hilled, and then came over to us. And I was just like, dude, that was like 45 seconds. Yeah. And it did 400 meters. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, the, uh, th this deer, I mean, he was like religious, summer, 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 summer. And I was like, the day before season, I had him 40 yards from a, a stand I had already set. It's been there for years. And I was like, I get this window open a day, he's dead. I was like, he hasn't transitioned yet. And I went in there, got my window needed, 
and he was nowhere to be found, and he was not on that camera again for the rest of the year. And I was like, that is crazy. And then where I killed him was the same spot that he'd been going and, and you know, wintering. Okay. So um, you, you, you put a lot of value in these sheds. Um, how many bucks can you think of a cool story or something where you found the sheds, you're like, this is the puzzle piece I need, and then killed him? That deer. What deer? Uh, his name was Locust. Okay. Yeah, he summered in that spot. Well, and then go, the, um, he was the one at January 29th through, you know, through February 1st, he was always dropping. Okay. You know, that, that couple, three days. And, uh, did you find a shed first or did you scout him out from your glassing stuff first? Uh, I found the story a little bit. I found his sheds. I found out about the deer when I found his sheds. Okay. Once again, neighbor let me, uh, shed hunt and stuff like that. And I'm like, sweet. And he was an older dude and he really just gun hunted and kind of crossbow hunted a little bit. He's like, all right, well, I have time. Go ahead. And I found the sheds and they were hammers. And I was just like, Man, I said this deer is is big, and then I got him. Finally, got him. On, I didn't even have a trail camera picture of him. He wasn't even, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay. And I'm, the next year, I finally started getting trail camera pictures of him. I'm like, dude, he's a toad. And I was like, so when I found him, I'm pretty sure, not a hundred percent positive, but he was three. So at four, he he blew up, and then at five was his biggest year. He's probably 180 inches, and then at six, I hunted him. So I had him. I had his sheds at three. Didn't find him at four, or five. Found him at six and found him at seven, and I killed him at eight. And how big was he when you killed him? One seventy-one. Oh my god, dude! That is that. That is a story. But the the crazy the the watching him go like you figure he looked like he was gonna die every winter, oh, and I, I was just like, man, he is so. He's so like stressed out and worn down and everything. That buck was, that buck was one of the coolest bucks to hunt I've ever hunted. That is wild, dude. That is so cool. That is so cool. So put a lot of value in sheds, in in farm country, in farm country, uh, big woods, big woods. I have one that we called Zeus, and he was he was he was kind of nomadic. Mm-hmm. And I, I did find sheds uh, on us, and I never ended up killing him. But he was he he wintered in summer there. I mean, he yeah. was there in the summer, and he was there in the winter. So, but I think that it's like I think it's a more mature deer thing. I think they just don't want to travel that much. They settled down. You think? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I um, I've had some sheds that have turned me on, and I've chased the deer the, the next year. I've never caught up to any deer I've got sheds off of. Um, but it's. It's something that I, if if the habitat works out well in the big woods, they stay. Sometimes I don't know where they go, and I'm not good enough to sometimes figure it out. Um, I I haven't had the best luck in, in farm country keeping a deer I've got sheds off of. I don't know if that's a, <clears throat> a pressure thing. In farm country, you, in my opinion, and I know guys that don't, and I got a bunch of buddies that, do a lot of stuff that argue with me about it until they're blue in the face. But it's the least amount of pressure you can possibly put. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, I got buddies that coon hunt, no. rabbit hunt, squirrel hunt, trap, yeah. and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, we can kill deer in there. And I'm like, yeah, you can. I was just like, but I'd rather not. And I'll, I'll keep my deer. Yeah. You know, and, you know, they So won't. you're a very tiptoe approach. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, on my small farm, uh, 
in Ohio, I, I tipped out. There's a but there's a ton of pressure around where I hunt. I mean, okay. four of my farms are selling hunts right next door. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there like, like you know what I mean. It, I would rather have the guy that kills one buck a year, and okay, that one's gone. Great, I don't have to worry about it no more. But, but the fact they're a revolving door of guys looking, guys coming, probably in. just looking to shoot a, a solid buck. Yep. I had I passed up a, a deer one year for uh, I passed him up three times, and I was just like, well, Jess had yet to shoot a decent deer, and I said, Jess, you know, I got I got on this deer the day we went out to hunt him. He was a no show, and then the neighbor ended up killing him. Okay, and I was just like, man, he was I had I thought I had him pegged, and just the day she went didn't work out for her. Uh, so you you touched a little bit of this earlier, but uh, I want to pick your brain. Uh, shed gear, scouting gear. Do you have any a couple favorites that sound like brush pants are a must for you? Talk to me a little bit about your 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 gear choice for shed season. The the older that I get, um, I used to wear rubber boots all the time, <laughs> and my ankles just can't take it, yeah. and my feet can't take it anymore. So I have crispies now, but which model? Um, the the Valdez or something like that. Okay. Um, but I love them, and I went through as many miles as I'm putting on. I, I had Irish setters and. I went through three in one year, mm -hmm. and I was like, "These are done." And then Daners tend to last a little bit longer, but the Crispies, I mean, I've went through two seasons; they're not even remote. I mean, I'm talking shed seasons, elk, turkey; they yeah. lasted everything. Um, the brush pants are a must. I just got tired of having thorns in my legs. Uh, what what brand? Do you... They're actually just a field to stream. Yeah, are they four way stretch? No, I don't, I don't believe so. Do you wear? Um... Like a thermal bottom under those? Or yeah, okay. yeah. Depending on it, like if it's starting to get sure. warm, then I won't do no thermal that, bottom. That's the way I do. Um, the one thing that I do do um, now, because just people, people, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I I take a really big backpack. Okay. You know what I mean? And I want to make sure I can stick that in it and nobody's going to see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because when I'm walking, like I've been walking down the road and guys will pass me. What are you doing? Oh, I'm pulling a stand. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. doing this. Didn't see anything. Yeah, you know, but you know, if I have you know a lanyard full of uh, you know sheds, and then they're just like, look at all those sheds, you know, or that I want to do that. I want to find those. Yeah, I'm gonna ask permission on that piece. Yeah, exactly. I so, think covert. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. Also, the little lanyards that people carry, and they have the sheds. When they flip around, and I see that tine, it throws me off. Because there's been so many times where I've like stopped and looked back and seen a shed, you know, like that different angle. I can't tell you how many sheds I've found on that. But if I see something swing, wait, around, wait, 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 wait. That, that's a good tip. What are you saying there? So, so you'll be walking in an area that looks sheddy. I gotta yeah. believe the shed senses are tingling. Yeah. And you said you stop and look behind you a good amount. Yeah, I'll stop and then just turn around and look back the way I came. No, mm -hmm. I've found a ton. One, I can't. I remember one distinctly. It was the second biggest shed for the longest time. Like I was going through this little wood patch, and there was a stump, and I jumped up on the stump, just like messing around, and I was like trying to get that little vantage point, and I turned around from where I just walked and looked back, and there was a shed laying there, and I just walked past it. It was just the angle. Yeah. You know, like sometimes like this side of it's darker than the the front side would be a little bit wider for some odd reason. Maybe it got flipped over or something like that. And just the angle I was able to see. Do you ever rewalk areas? Sometimes. Yeah. Only if I go in like super early. Like if I'm going in to find that certain buck 
mm-hmm. and because I, I know he dropped, then I'll go back and I'll be like, okay, now I'm just out to find sheds. Okay. You know, do a, you know a lot of try to get my numbers up per se. Okay. Any other gear? The backpack that's that's a good call. What's your bag? Kuyu seventy two hundred. I know you're a Kuyu guy. Yeah, yeah. the seventy two hundred. You take the big boy. Oh yeah, I'm trying to find a lot of sheds. <laughs> <laughs> my best shed day is like seventeen sheds so far. So. Oh my golly. Yeah. Now, okay, this is a good question. I didn't have this in the bullet point. You, 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 and I have talked dear enough. What would you say to a guy like me who's who's hunting some public land, maybe more big woods habitat, to improve my shed game? this season well you know do you think there there's something that that you maybe see me doing that that i can improve on or, or something like that or if you were going to go out and walk the same ground that i'm walking how would you approach it see i think you walk way more big timber than i walk and i'll give it to the like the guy like i know guys that'll go in big timber and they'll find a ton of sheds mm-hmm. like i feel like those guys are probably a little bit better shed hunters than me if they're finding like the numbers, you know sure. what I mean? Because when I'm going, I'm walking a lot of miles. Like I'm putting a lot of miles in. You walking pretty fast too? Uh, nah. Okay. Nah. Uh, like I said, it's a, it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's always a shed hunt and a scout. Uh huh. So, dude, because I'll be honest, I think I'm in pretty decent shape. I remember my hardest day in the timber. It was only seven miles, but we just went floor to ceiling a lot, a lot of side hills. I was gassed, man. Like, I just couldn't. But I'm never finding a lot of sheds in the bottoms. Like, if you're going to the floor sure. and then you're going to the ceiling. Well, I had to get, I was I was getting over a system. Yeah, see, for me, if I'm going to do that system, I'm going to side hill all the way around. Okay. I'm going to stay on that military crest all the way around. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you know, hit the military crest into the, the saddle. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you see what I'm saying? You're just cruising. Yeah, so I'm taking the long way rather than this. You're taking the fast way. I'm taking the long way. And maybe I was trying to do a little bit of both. Maybe I was trying to get a little more scouting in. But I remember, dude, I was I looked at the the, the dometer and I was like seven seven point four miles. I was like, I feel like I did twenty seven. Like I was gassed. Um, but that, that so you walk a, a a ton of miles, military crest. That that's a couple things I could take to the. We we did uh, fourteen miles in farm country and it was wet, and that's terrible. Cause yeah, because you can't push off anything. I don't yeah. like to scout in the snow. You, you and I were talking before this. You, you wanted to go scout in the snow for for bed bed purposes. Yeah, but we we did fourteen miles and I found two sheds. I was so like bummed because I I try to keep that mile to shed average really close. <laughs> so when we did that, I was like that just killed my 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 average. Um, but we found them all. It was a, it wasn't a it wasn't uh like a real stressful year, like real mild winter, mm-hmm. didn't get a lot of snow, didn't get a lot of ice or anything like that. So they hit that green more. So mm-hmm. they were in the, the strips in the fields where it was green grass, you know, and where we found them uh, that day kind of like was the epiphany. That was like probably 13 years ago. I was just like those mild, you know, winters, they're just not going to drop where they normally do. Yeah. So they're in the, and those green. Those bumper. are the turkey sheds you find. Yeah. And I was sitting there like we've, so I just started walking those, yeah. and then I finally got my numbers back up on it in farm country on those. Jeez, do you do anything to to you? You've talked about the boots, the bag, the any other gear item. I've thought about trekking poles. I've never. I, I the scout I went on the other day. I said there was two times I could have wanted a trekking pole to like, I don't know, climb up. But then I go through like, do I really want to bring it? It almost might be a more of a hindrance. See when I'm scouting. 
for like sheds in late season. Like I do a lot of, still do a lot of glassing. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I'll still get to the high point. Binos or no binos? Uh, binos and the spotter. Okay. Um, it's I got a spotter with me a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, When yeah. I'm scouting, I always have a spotter. Scout. What, what's your binos of choice? Vortex. Which one? 50s. Uh, 10 by 50s? Mm-hmm. Which model? I don't remember which one those are. You got the real gun ones or you got the okay ones? Uh, $350? You might have the Vipers. Okay. At that point. Yeah. My my spotting scope that's the the best one. <laughs> I know I already knew that. But but full disclosure, you live. Yeah, I know your summer r- routines. Um, do you do a vino harness? I I've yep. been looking at yep, getting yep. a little better one. What, what, um, what do you have? That's like Alaskan Guide series. Right? Yeah, that's right. We we yeah, texted yeah, yeah. a little bit about it. I looked at them. I couldn't find them on sale. I, I got I got two coming. Uh, which ones you got coming? I got a marsupial coming. I think it just came today. I didn't tell the wife I bought two. <laughs> but uh, and then I got a uh, outdoor vision one coming. Okay. They were on. They're both kind of on sale for ninety bucks. See, and... I'm not that like elastic guy. I think the marsupials have that like elastic band kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I feel like that stuff like stretches out because that Alaskan gear has like a little thing for my cell phone up top. Yeah. And it had like a stretchy thing on it. And I was antelope hunting in Wyoming and I jumped across the thing and I'd already worn it for a season. Okay. So it stretched out and my phone fell out. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, where's my phone? Uh, but those, that stretchy stuff seems to stretch out. You know okay. what I mean? Like once it gets like the memory that it has on that item, it's not tight on it. Anymore. Yeah. Well, I got, I got free returning, uh, free return shipping. So, so I was like, all right. I got two of them. I said, I want to get my hands on them. Um, I do like how some of them open, like mine open this way. I I think it does make more sense if they open this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? That probably, if there was a con to the one that I got, it would be that. Random question. Do you bow hunt with your chest harness or do you, so I have tried, now I have a cheap chest harness. I I have the cheap Vortex $30 and uh, I've taken it on elk hunting. I've, I've, shed hunting with it it does okay this is the year i decided i'd get the better harness system and in a tree stand i don't like i don't like the the chest rig i like the straps because it sits just a touch lower it's a lot lower profile when i get that chest rig i i feel like i can't see my toes as well i can't see the stand as well on my peripheral see the one thing that i don't like about it like when i'm when I'm spotting and stalking, doesn't bother me. Like mm-hmm. for antelope or elk or something like that, doesn't bother me. I love it, but I actually love it a lot when I'm like antelope hunting and I'm stalking, stalking. It, it makes perfect through. sense, yeah. But um, in a tree stand, the only thing I don't like about it is like when you're setting your steps and you're kind of closer. Oh, it, sure. it gets in the way. Yeah, that's when I don't like it on the thing. So sometimes what I'll actually do is just because it has everything all like in that pack, I, I'll almost leave it off until I get into the tree. And then I put it on. Okay. So that way I'm sitting there and I'm just like, boom, put it back. Okay. Boom, it yeah, back. I like the bungee strap doodad for, for the... Okay, I can see it. And I don't put it on until I'm up. You don't put it on either time? Oh, or I climb up. I, the morning post or whatever, generally I put on all my layers and then I put that thing on and I climb up. My stand's hung at that point. Yeah. It's just fighting that... Uh, yeah. Fighting the steps and fighting the thing. I don't, that, that thing, it's pushing you off more. Yeah, I can know. see that. I can see that. It makes right. a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. it, that was good gear talk here yeah. at the end. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we brought that up. Um, but Shannon, I, I really appreciate uh, kind of picking your brain and some of your, your shed stories, uh, killing some deer after finding them. Um, you were the perfect guy to talk sheds to. So I appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it. I love them. Like, I can never have enough of them. Yeah, yeah. I always like, you get guys that want to sell them, and I'm like, no way. 
Oh, no. No, I couldn't sell them. i got to figure out a better storage uh, or a display case. you got a pretty cool table here. Uh, Thanks. That, that, that does a good job. I built job. that table. No way. Yeah. Yep. I, I should do that or get something similar. When the house is done, you'll see all the sheds. Oh, yeah. Sweet. All right, guys. Appreciate you listening. Team Harder and Bucks, we're out. Perfect.